0: You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa.
1: How's your Monday? Big Noon Sports is presented by Haley Sensing Union Home Mortgage. It's a little steamy, not as bad as it was just a couple of days ago, but I hope your day is going as we enter the afternoon on this 24th of July. Lars, good weekend, bad weekend, hot weekend. What you do?
2: (laughs) It was a lovely weekend. Uh, And uh, I was very impressed with the performance of Brian Harmon, the former top golfer at Georgia, uh, essentially going wire to wire and winning the British Open by six strokes. And it was interesting. After he uh, won the victory, he was interviewed by the Golf Channel. And he said, I kept thinking about something Kirby Smart said. And the quote is... I'm not going to be hunted. I'm going to hunt. And Brian Harmon, he really sort of gets in his own head a lot. And you can tell that Uh just, you know, when he is going to tee off, uh it is <laughs> – it's another one of these guys it is so hard to watch because – um, it is so hard to watch just because he is, uh, he's got just, uh, the yips almost. And, and it, it he has to like go through this routine where he, he like lifts up the club and it looks like he's gonna hit it. And he does it like 30 times. I mean, it's aggravating as heck to watch if you're a person like me that just says, hit the ball.
1: Hit
0: the ball. Yeah.
2: Uh, but, but, and, and he has this history of, you know, he's incredibly talented, but he has never won a major, uh, but yet he's been one of the most consistent golfers on the pro tour of the last two, three years. And uh, I think it's because he, he plays mind games with himself. And he was able to stay away by that, from that, just by being aggressive and channeling, you know, his inner Kirby smart and saying, I'm not going to be hunted. I'm going to hunt. And even when he had the big lead, he kept staying aggressive. He, he, uh, on, on Sunday, uh, he ended up bogging, you know, two early holes and, and suddenly the lead shrinks to like, I think it was three or four. And it really could have gone downhill for him, but instead he, he regrouped, again, stayed aggressive. The weather turned a little bit. The, the wind stopped, the rain stopped, and he was able to really to go after, go after pins, uh, in his iron play. He was just, he was just fantastic from, uh, from the get-go and, um, well, well deserved. A, a big win for him.
1: A yeah, nice, got, the, the weather got brutal
2: uh, for a while. I guess Saturday
1: and, and Sunday morning. Um, I mean, it was blowing. It was raining. Uh, very, very difficult conditions, and that's why I'm not really surprised because he has a history. He finished second in the the uh, I think the United States Open a few years ago. Uh, but he's it, he's been on the radar. Uh, excellent golfer, but I think more than anything. Geez, he drove people crazy. That's all (laughs) social media was talking about. By the way, he's from Savannah. He played, I think you said he was a top dog. He played golf at Georgia. So referencing Georgia's head football coach should be uh, as no surprise. But uh, I was uh, a little surprised that he held on. And maybe even more so, I was surprised nobody challenged him. I mean, he kind of opened the gate a little bit, like you're talking about a couple of bogeys. But for the most part, um, if you were looking for drama, the only drama involved was how many times is he going to waggle?
2: Yeah, it really, uh, it it was tough to watch it at some some point. Do you think it's
1: it's accentuated because he's left-handed? No,
2: I just think. You think uh, it's just accentuated
1: because he does it.
2: Yeah. Um, Yeah, it just, you know, he just can't again he, i i i don't know it, it it works for him it works for him um and uh and and he he said like after this is interesting he said afterwards it was like something that happened 12 years ago um when he walked off uh, the 15th hole uh, in uh when he was in college he was a senior and they were playing at the Inverness Club in Toledo Ohio and he was going against Ricky Fowler in a back and forth match that would decide which team would advance to the semifinals of the 2009 championship uh and he's walking off the 15th hole Fowler had two putted for par Harmon had to make an eight-footer to remain one down in the match, and he drained the putt. And when uh, he looked up after hitting that putt, he noticed that Fowler and the Oklahoma State head coach, Mike McGraw, were already walking toward the 16th tee box, leaving him to walk back across the green to retrieve the pin. And he was just, he, he told his coach, he said, that just fires me up. Uh, I'm about to whip his ass. <laughs> and he, and what do you know? He goes out and, uh, both players made birdie putts outside of 15 on, outside of 15 feet on the 16th hole. On the 17th, Harmon made a birdie. Fowler lipped out on the 18th. Uh, Fowler hit, hit, uh, hit his approach shot to about 30 feet. Harmon hit it to eight feet. Fowler missed the birdie attempt. Harmon sinks his putt for a third straight birdie to win the match, and that was when the Georgia coach and I think Ricky Fowler realized that Brian Harmon has got a ton of game. And now we'll see—you know—can he keep it going? Can he become the the this uh, uh, the another American who can consistently contend? For championships, it was interesting too. Like he's five eight, I believe, and you see how tall his caddy was. His caddy was six seven. Caddy just towered over him.
3: He's <laughs> taller.
2: <Yeah. laughs> um, but yeah, so. Uh, just want to let everybody know jeff spiegel is going to join us here in about uh six minutes or so just to talk about the weekend in sports and and also just maybe do one more recap of sec media days now that that's in the rearview mirror and uh and just other things that are happening in the world of sports and things are getting cranked up finally because because uh training camps I believe by tomorrow almost all of the NFL teams will have reported so far four teams have reported uh a terrible injury in in Detroit uh, and we'll get into that as well Matt so we, even though there's not a ton going on there there it's starting starting to heat up the the appetizers are be, are beginning to be served to uh, those of us who love sports and the with the main main dishes uh now in in eyesight
1: and yeah, the Braves won yesterday. They're kind of snapping out of their little funk that they had coming out of the All-Star break. They beat the Brewers yesterday 4-2. They are a mere 11 and a half up in the East. They go to Boston next. Now, that's cool. Braves used to be in Boston many, many years ago, back when they were the, the bean eaters. Man, that's like a century ago. I'm just pulling stuff out of the top of my head here. But they did. Boston was once the bean eaters. But now they're, of course, the Red Sox and the Atlanta Braves will be in there starting tomorrow. They are off today, for those of you keeping up with the Atlanta Braves. And then there are the rumors, the scuttle. I guess they're not really rumors because, in fact, Northwestern has reached out to skip holes. I heard this last week, and somebody said it's done. He's going an assistant, and the next year he'll be the head coach. And I went, "Hang on, hang on." And I know we can get into this in greater detail with some of our guests as well, but uh, I don't see that.
2: Uh, yeah, I, I, I think,
1: think so, what, what, there are a lot. There's going to be a better opportunity for him than that because you are walking into a you know what storm.
2: Yeah, and, and what they're doing is they're not looking for a permanent head coach. They're looking for a seasoned head coach who can assist for one year, David Braun, right, who's the interim head coach. And Northwestern's already sort of looking for their head coach of 2020. 24, And they also – so I don't think Skip Holtz was up for that. Uh, it, it's more just kind of be a one-year bridge and you wouldn't necessarily even have – or you wouldn't have the head coaching uh, label. And the other person they reached out to that we know of is Dave Wanestead, uh the former uh, veteran NFL coach. Uh, who uh, was with the Bears and the Dolphins, and he also uh, was uh, led Pitt from 2005 to 2010. But um, certainly, I mean, reaching out or at least just kicking the tires on on Skip Holtz it makes a lot of sense uh, from Northwestern's perspective because. You know, he has, uh, plenty of experience, uh, coaching at the collegiate level. You know, he's been East Carolina, Louisiana Tech, USFL, USF, and, and now, uh, he's been so good with the Birmingham Stallions, 17 and three, uh, in the regular season and back to back USFL titles, coach of the year. I mean, Skip Hole, and he's also been a great friend of ours, uh, been on the show many times and, um, I actually think Skip Holtz has a better gig right now with the Stallions than he would at Northwestern because you're, yeah, you're walking into an inferno uh the the whole uh house metaphorically is burning to the ground and you're just there basically with like a water hose trying to put this thing out and uh there's no (laughs) there's no i I don't see an upshot here for skip holtz I, i think uh he'd be better served staying with the stallions and that appears to be exactly what he's doing could he do both Could he just, like, go
1: to Northwestern, do the X's and O's for the fall and the early winter? And then, I mean, as far as the calendar goes, I I guess it could fit. But, man, that would be –
2: That would be
0: tough. That would be
2: mentally trying to say – And there's the – you know, he's got to put together his roster for next year. Um, There's – yeah, there's a lot that goes into it, I'm sure. uh, And it would be tough to do both jobs.
1: We'll talk with Jeff Spiegel about just that on the other side of the break. You're dialed in to Big Noon Sports.
0: Get a great tide, 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A good supply of sunshine this afternoon. The high in the low 90s around 92. Mostly fair tonight, the low 68. The weather stays hot and dry tomorrow and Wednesday. Partly to mostly sunny both days. Highs between 94 and 97. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on tide 100.9. It's 88 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
4: The best sports talk in Alabama. This is Big Noon Sports. Back on Big Noon Sports, Matt
1: Coulter, along with Lars Anderson, Justin Jones is our producer, does a great job in our studios there, Tide 100.9, also consistently doing a good job. Last week he was with us a couple times. We're just going to make him a regular, put him on the payroll, which means you make absolutely nothing. But uh, (laughs) Jeff Spiegel, uh, great guy and uh, longtime sportscaster and sports director, Uh, tremendous sportscaster, and that's... uh, Jeff Spiegel from ABC 3340. Uh, how are you, Jeff? I want to ask you a TV question real quick. Sure. Uh, what would you lead with today?
5: Wow, what would I lead with today? That's a great, that's a really great question. <laughs> Something you know, I thought about days, like, well, 20 minutes yeah. ago. <laughs> this, is the, this is one of those, this is the hard period, really, because it's after media days, it's before fall camp starts, and then uh then you go in and 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 Reda used to go, uh, Mike Reda used to go, well, looks like we're gonna have to make up some stuff today, you know, and uh you know you just you just but but what I've noticed though that in the in the past several years, you know, things just materialize, you know, stories occur, and you're you're able to to fill a show. And so uh this is one of those days where I come in and you know I say surprise me. You know.
4: <laughs>
5: yeah. <laughs> Somebody brings something to the table. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, um last week we learned that uh Eli Gold thankfully is uh going to be back in the booth uh when Alabama hosts Middle Tennessee on September 2nd uh, on the SEC Network, and he's battled back from cancer, um, and he's going to call two uh, Saturday scrimmages just for for practice before uh, that first game against Middle Tennessee. Before we get into e- Eli's uh, uh, last sort of year of his life, what what is it about Eli in your estimation as a broadcaster, professional broadcaster, that makes him so popular with uh not just Alabama fans but people in
5: general? Well, I think uh I think number one he's a good he's a good artist. You know, he uh he paints a picture. You know, if uh if you're not there, I mean he's uh he he's of he's of the old school, you know, where um you know you're 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 not watching this game on TV, you know. You're listening to him, so he's got to paint the picture, and he'll and he'll talk about he'll talk about the crowd, he'll talk about the you know, blue cobalt sky, you know. He'll he'll bring up the smell of the popcorn, you know, just, just in the stands, just to kind of you know paint paint you a picture as if and make you be there. And plus, I just think I think his energy and his passion. His unbridled passion, you know, not just for football, but for any sport he does. This guy has called so many sports in his career. I mean, he's done basketball, you know, he's done baseball, he's done hockey. I mean, in fact, I, I, hockey may be his first love, you know. But yeah, he uh, I remember, I remember listening to the Motor Racing Network and you know, hearing Eli and you know, turn one or two or. You know, whether he was in the you know, the main press box or whatever, but uh he's always been able to, you know, put you there. And I think that's just uh, what a great play by play guy does. Chris Stewart does a masterful job of that, and so does Eli. It's been
1: a it's been a struggle for him, but uh man he wanted to get back in that booth. I don't know if you guys have had a chance to talk to him. Uh, but he wants to go out, and I don't think that'll be anytime soon, but uh, he didn't want it to go out on somebody else's terms, did he?
5: No, no, not at all. And, you know, the guy, uh, the guy loves to work. He loves to work, you know, and he loves to work so much that it, it's not like work. It's not work to him, you know, and that's how much he loves it. So I'm just tickled to death that he's able to come back. I know it's been a – it has been a – a very long struggle. I've been communicating mainly, you know, to him through uh through his wife Claudette. And just been you know, praying for him every day as he goes through, you know, different setbacks and uh but now it looks like, you know, he can see the light at the end of the tunnel and, and uh you know he'll 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 do those two scrimmage games which are really important for him because, you know, anybody anybody who's done play by play, Matt, and you've, you've you've done your share of play by play in the day. I mean um that that takes effort. It takes effort. When, when you when you finish a broadcast and you've done a lot more of these than I have, you're gassed. You're you're done because yeah. you put so much energy and passion into it. And and what and and I know he realizes this even before he even even does it. Is that uh, it's going to take a while before he gets back into game shape, uh, but it won't be long before he will and he'll be back to the same old Eli.
2: You know, speaking of his, uh, his lovely wife, Claudette, um, you know, Eli has told this to a couple different reporters that during the ordeal, doctors told Claudette on multiple times that Eli might not make it through the night, uh, just because of how severe, uh, the cancer got. But Eli has said that, you know, football, missing football was one thing. The real reason he wanted to get better was that he was not going to miss his daughter uh, El- Elsie, Elise, sorry, Elise. Elise. Yeah. yeah, his daughter Elise's wedding in January of twenty twenty four, and I just I, I love that little anecdote about Eli because it, it shows you what's important to him. It's, it's yes, football is great, but when it gets down to it, it's all about family.
5: Yeah, he really loves his daughter, and uh, yeah, obviously, you know. That their their daughter loves their parents, <laughs> you know, and 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 Eli has told us before that you know he's uh, his his job, you know, is just taking him on the road a lot, mm-hmm. you know, and takes takes you away from your family, and and uh, certainly you know they're just they're really tight, they're really close, and this has been a this has been a family ordeal, uh, you know, certainly uh, you know Eli has done you know i don't want to well the majority of the heavy lifting because you know he's gone through it but uh claudette and elise have just been you know champions for him and you know when you're a caregiver you know for a person i mean um well there's a lot that goes into that and you know no one no one looks out more for the person who's getting care than for those for those two care two caregivers and uh They've just done an awesome job, and they should. Um, they should just. They should just celebrate this. What a victory this is! And, and and the first. The first game when he's up in the press box and he's doing that game, you know they uh, they need to shoot off fireworks at Bryant Denny Stadium because this is this is a moment to celebrate that you know the legend is back you know in the chair where he belongs,
1: and likely they will have something planned that, uh, Eli may say, Hey, let's just, let's just go ahead. Like it's just a Saturday, three years ago. So anyway, I do yeah. want to say yeah. one other thing that, uh, when Eli Gold, and this is nothing—it's not a criticism at uh, John Parker at all—but when the Brooklyn accent of Eli Gold meshed perfectly with the Foley, Alabama twang of <laughs> Ken <laughs> Staber, I don't think I've ever heard a broadcast work so well from literally <laughs> one end of the continent, top to bottom, north to south. It was just—it was absolutely fabulous. I, I think you guys would agree. <laughs> just
5: oh fun yeah, to listen yeah. to it. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, He's yeah, Eli- so terrific. No. Oh. He does
1: have
2: a magic. <laughs> he does not- have a he does have a magical voice too. There's no no question about it. It is just uh, a god-given beautiful voice.
1: It's all things Brooklyn with you know, but I'll tell you one more thing and I want to ask you uh, about some SEC stuff, but um, having been and done something similar to that a lot of my life, no one and I learned from him no one prepares more. You cannot prepare enough for a game, and Eli is way over the top when that comes. You never know when lightning's going to cause the game to be delayed for an hour and a half. And guess what you, guess what's on the play by play guy That's a, let's paddle us through and there there is no substitution for being prepared all right, Jeff uh it is the Monday following. Of course, SEC media weekdays. Uh, is there anything that over the weekend caught back up with you and you went, eh, yeah, that's pretty interesting, or maybe that's not interesting, or maybe he is going to start? Anything like that?
5: Well, you know, the, the one thing that jumped out to me, the, the one that – now, I don't know if you guys agree with me or not, but but to me, this is the most compelling storyline of 2023, in my opinion. I know we got Georgia going for the 3 peak. I know we got Alabama, Auburn, and Georgia all looking for quarterbacks. I know we want to see if Tennessee and LSU were just flashes in the pan and if they go back to being, you know, mediocre or can they, you know, sustain that success? I know those are storylines as well. But the number one compelling storyline to me is this Jimbo Fisher, Bobby Petrino relationship. And I'm putting the over under on six and a half for this to turn into a big public squabble. Uh, between those two, I think they play Alabama at home in week six, Tennessee on the road in week seven. So that it, it's going to blow up at some point in there and maybe even before. But when Jimbo was asked about, well, who's going to be calling the place? And this was his, this was his exact quote. Well, I'm the boss. We're the boss. Well, who, which is it? Are you the boss or? Both you guys, the bosses. Can you imagine Nick Saban ever saying that I'm the boss? We're the boss. And also, he said, hopefully, well, he'll call the the game. Hopefully, hopefully, dude, it's July, you know, 24th. I mean, you you better have a plan as who's going to call that game. And I could just see this developing into one of those, uh, you know, finger pointing things. Well, like, well, gosh, I, it, you know, he he's calling the plays. Go ask him. You know, or, you know, well, he told me to call the place, but he's not letting me call the place. It's just going to turn into a great big mess. So all those people who are picking A&M to be, to, like, make a run in the West, I just don't see it. I don't see it at all.
2: Yeah, I think uh, Jimbo, it's like he showed up in Nashville already, like, frustrated about having to talk about... Bobby Petrino. And, uh, in, in, you know, he, he, uh, he didn't want to say that Petrino is calling the plays. And, uh, but he didn't want to say that he wasn't calling the plays. And so what did he do? He ended up just rambling on and on and on about different things. And he's talking so fast, he can't understand them anyway. Uh, you know, but, uh, it, it wasn't, it wasn't one of Jimbo's finest performances. I, I, I'm with you on, on that. And, and we'll see. I mean, it, it, there just already seems to be. And Jeff, I think you hit it right on the head. Uh, there always seems, there already seems to be a level of frustration <laughs> with, that Jimbo has with Bobby yeah. Petrino for some reason, and and it's like he brought all this on himself because hey, you know, it's not like any of us knew that that this existed, but just by his actions, it certainly appears that there is
5: something there. Yeah, and Ryan Brown pointed this out on his own last night. You know, because he didn't answer the question last week. But he's going to have to answer the question eventually because, you know, just like with Gus and Lashley and, you know, all the offensive coordinators he went through when, you know, Gus really wanted to call the plays, you know, and, and probably was calling the plays most of the time. He's going to have to answer the question eventually, you know, it's just a matter of when. And my opinion is going to be, you know, when it all just, you know, blows up in his face. But the fact of the matter is when you've done something for like a quarter century, and actually, he's been calling plays. He's been calling plays for about that long. You know, you don't want to give it up. He doesn't want to give it up. And he wasn't going to publicly give it up, you know, in Nashville. So, like you said, it just turned out to be a big, big PR mess is what it was.
1: Do you guys think that that hire was forced on him, Yeah.
5: I mean, I kind of think so. I mean, because, you know, there was so much – You know, negative. You know about well, the offense is just you know, gosh, he's he's stuck in the stone ages, and you know, he needs. Well, you know, here's the thing. You know, Bobby Petrino isn't exactly new age offensive coordinator either. You know, he's kind of a stone age, you know, dinosaur kind of guy. So you know, if they wanted, if they really, really wanted to hire somebody to come in, you know, who was going to call plays, they should have gotten some whiz kid. They should have, you know, they should have outbid. You know, um, you know Dabo Sweeney for uh, for gosh, why, why can't I come up with a name? Um, you know the uh, yeah, USC coach's uh. little brother. Yeah, uh, so I,
2: I Lincoln anyway, Riley. I
5: just, yeah, Lincoln Riley. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Garrett Riley, I think. Yeah. So you know, I just don't. I just feel like I said, I don't see it working. I think it's the I think it's the number one storyline to watch this year, uh, despite all the other you know stuff that's going on and. Uh, it's going to be like watching a. Um, it's going to be like watching a car crash in slow motion. I think.
2: <laughs> yeah, I uh, I don't disagree with you at all. It was just strange. The way it, it was strange. He he showed up angry. Yeah. He shows up angry at SEC media days, and like everybody was like, "Hey, what wh- what are you so pissed off about?" You
3: know, and <laughs> it's
2: just it was it was really rather bizarre. And, uh, and I, I agree. And yes, I, I do think it was forced on him, uh, do, by, by someone higher up. But you just look at the, the numbers, it, the, the numbers don't add up because here, here Texas A&M is year after year, they're hauling in top five recruiting classes. And this, when we're talking about elite offensive talent and yet they are they have been just uh you know spinning their wheels on offense for uh, a good bit now and it seems to make sense because look i think the buyout is too big you can't fire jimbo and so yeah i think i think that's why he was angry is because this was forced upon him and he just didn't want to talk about it Would, would you agree with that matt
1: yeah, but you know what? Uh, since he's been at Texas A&M, and we all know the woes, I'll just throw this back at you, and we're gonna have to let Jeff go. But do y'all ever just kind of look at him when he's because he's he's a horrible orator, you know? He rambles, he stutters, he flies, he just. But do you ever look at him now and go, "How this guy win a national championship?" And what's the answer? Well, he we had a James yep. Winston. Yeah, Winston. absolutely. That was absolutely.
5: And here's a, here's another thing too. Here's another thing too. He had a generational quarterback who he let do whatever he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about in terms of just not disciplined, you know. I legs, mean, he, let, he let he let Jameis Winston have the run of the program. And uh, you know, he kind of he kinda sold his soul to the devil to let Jameis Winston kinda do whatever he wanted to do and he got a national title out of it, but he didn't get much respect.
2: Yeah, um in a lot of ways uh yeah, there he had also a lot of things going on in his personal life um that I think led to his departure from Florida State because he perhaps wasn't as uh, focused as he should have been. Um but uh yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see. I mean, Texas A&M has talent, there's no question about it, and uh can they can they finally, you know, win the, uh, the win the division? Well, not many people are picking them, but who knows? I mean, you, you know, once practices actually start, we're going to forget about everything that happened at SEC Media Days, most likely, unless there is a com- huge implosion on that team. Then we'll look back at SEC Media Days and say, ah, that was the first uh, the first glimpse that we got that there were problems at Texas A and M, Matt. All right, Jeff. Before
1: we let you go, what are you going to lead with? Did did, did we help?
5: <laughs> uh, well, I mean, um, you guys you guys helped a little bit, but uh, <laughs> a little bit. but you know, I, I I got I got to go in and do the deal, you know. So uh, so, <laughs> so so we'll see. All right,
1: Jeff, you're really good about joining us, and today it was with very very little notice. So thank you, sir. Have a great day. Have a great show. Hello to your family.
5: You got it, man. We'll see you
1: later. Oh, by the way, hey, hey, real real quick, did you see who played at uh, the 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 Southern Jam up in Coleman Saturday night? Saturday night, yeah, Chris
5: Stapleton, yeah, my man, that's my boy. See you,
1: Jeff. I love that guy. I discovered him a few years ago, so yeah. Um, Have a good one, thanks, Jeff watch him tonight on abc 3340 that's jeff spiegel um let's say let, let's carry over talk a little bit more about jimbo fisher i like this topic we're going to do that on the other side of the break as Lars and i bring you the uh, monday edition of big noon sports it is presented by haley sansing union home mortgage do you have
2: The best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker Haley Sansing, based right here in Tuscaloosa. Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205 792 1813. That's 205 792 1813.
3: Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of RR Cigars, the Cigar mansion in downtown tuscaloosa located at 27036 street across from the home two suites come down to rnr and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience with over 165 bourbons and five private barrels our selection of bourbon is unmatched we have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary our lounge and service are world-class come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination
4: from t-town to the plains this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports.
1: Back on Big Noon Sports, Matt Coulter, Justin Jones, along with the man, Lars Anderson. Lars! Let's uh let's talk about Texas A&M.
2: Why can't Jimbo win there? <laughs> That's a good question. Um I I think you know he's made some tactical errors in his uh coaching of the offense and what offense he wants to run. Um but um you know he did actually make it clear and he went on uh on on paul's show paul feinbaum on july 17th and he said essentially that uh, bobby petrino will be calling the plays he said he's still going to be involved and then he cited hey nick saban he doesn't call defenses kirby doesn't call defenses and he said from that point it's not really hard um, because um, you know, he said he's going to be in the meetings. He's going to know what's going on about the team, and he said that there'll be a collaborative process between he and Bobby Petrino, uh, in that he's going to know what Bobby's going to do, and he's going to have uh, influence over what Bobby's going to do, and he's going to. He said he's going to let Bobby do his job. So perhaps, uh, but I mean, Jimbo did. He he has he has said as well that this won't be the first time he hasn't called plays. Uh don't know if I really buy that. He said sometimes at Florida State that he would allow others to do it. Um but uh he's and he also said that he won't completely exclude himself from the offense. Um if, as expected, that Bobby will be calling the plays. Now, in a bigger sense, why hasn't Jimbo been more successful at Texas A&M? Um, they've had some really nice moments under him, including... Yeah, they you know, should have made the playoffs a few years ago, I thought. Yeah, they were, yeah, they were, they were the, they were the, they were like right there, they were fifth. They were the one team sort of left on, on the outside looking in. Um But uh, I, I think... You know, was this his idea to bring in Bobby Petrino? I'm guessing no, but at the same time, if you're a head coach, you have to have the ability to be self-reflective and you have to assess what's working in your program and what's not. And certainly, I think most people would agree who follow Texas A&M, that Jimbo needed to turn over the play-calling duties because it, it just wasn't working. Their offense wasn't working, and that was borne out in the statistics. Uh, and and you know, to have an offense ranked so poorly when you have so much talent, that ultimately has got to fall on who? Well, it's the guy who's putting the offense together. And so now I think Jimbo is going to try to be more of a CEO. And, and you know, focus on big picture, be able to, you know, sit in on special teams meetings, be able to sit in on defensive meetings and uh, and just be more active in those roles because you simply don't have the time. If if you are going to if you are coming up with the game plan and, and, and scripting out, you know, the first 20, 25 plays you want to call, that's a full time job. And you essentially, you have to relinquish some head coaching responsibilities to do that. And so th- this could work out for him in, in the long haul. Um, I am a little surprised that A&M hasn't had more success under Jimbo. I'm surprised that they haven't uh, made a playoff uh, because they have all of the all of the resources one could dream of having at his fingertips and uh, and now with um, NIL, that also like plays into them. Why? Because they have Texas oil money. I think these Texas schools are going to be doing really well for the next few years, both Texas and Texas A&M and likely TCU. Um, although I suspect a pretty big drop off at of TCU with, uh, losing their quarterback this year, Max Dugan, to the NFL draft. Um, but yeah, are, are you surprised, Matt, that Jimbo has not done better in his time in, uh, college station?
1: Yeah, I really am. You know, um, he had really, really good teams, including a national championship down in, uh, in Tallahassee. But uh, I just don't see it at A and M, and it hadn't hadn't helped the fact that uh, you know there was a big deal two years ago with this recruiting class. It was, it was the top in the nation, the best recruiting class in the history of the universe, and uh, I don't even think half of them are there anymore. Um, I do agree with one thing you just said: is that uh, until until what a big word it is in this particular case, until something is done to try and gather back nil. In the collectives and the transfer portal, how NIL is used to the transfer portal, you are spot on. Texas and Texas A&M are going to flourish, and we're going to see that. And that may be actually, uh, in a backwards way, a, a help to the entire situation. People are going to see that happening, and they're going, all right, we have to do that. Then you're going to have to battle the entire state of Texas to try and get it back to <laughs> And that's not going to work either because it just... It, it's not going to work. But uh, I don't know how it's going to. things are going to play out as far as the, the, the season is concerned. But I think Spiegel mentioned something that is pretty spot on. There's going to be a blow up, don't you think? Yeah. Uh, and it it may not be public. It may be behind closed doors and, and then it leaks out afterwards. It may just be right there on the sideline. By the way, in the interview that you saw, did he indicate, did Jimbo indicate where Physically, Petrino would be. Uh, no, I'm very curious as to that.
2: I'm guessing he'll be. So I imagine up in, he's upstairs. Yeah, he'll be upstairs. Um, yeah, I, I, I think so. Um, There've been a lot do, of offensive coordinators fired
1: by their head coaches on the sideline and hired back at the end of the game.
2: Do you uh, think? Uh, how do you think A and M fans feel about Jimbo Fisher? You know, ha- has he fulfilled? The expectations that go along with uh, that unprecedented ten-year, wow. seventy-five million-dollar contract—you um, know—we need they've... to find an A and M guy and ask him, because I would imagine some
1: of the tried and true fans are a little tired of this without winning. Yeah. Um But then the other side of them says, "Let's just keep feeding him. Keep feeding him. He's going to get us a they... national championship." And he remember might...
2: when they came uh, last season yeah it was last season when they came to Tuscaloosa um A&M was unranked and they lost to uh, App State and Mississippi State and oh, yeah. uh they were 3 and 2 heading into uh to play Alabama and uh and you remember like, Jimbo and Nick had the the war words during that previous offseason and, uh, that's how, uh, my good buddy Armin Katayan just got a massive book deal. Uh, and that, that book deal, by the way, has shifted. It was just going to be like sort of Nick against Jimbo and, uh, and our friend John Talty, who's now at 24-7 Sports is also writing this book, but, uh, um, they, they since have shifted their focus. And uh, I've been talking to, to both John and, and uh armin Katayan about this and armin has been out on the west coast doing a, a ton of reporting and um it, it, their their new book is going to be called the uh, the price i believe and it's about uh, just the, the, the changing landscape of college football and 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 sort of where do things go from here and it's going to be published by harper collins which is my publisher um, in August of next year. Uh, but, 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 but like I said, that this book is, is almost, it reflects what's going on with Jimbo. Like this was all supposed to be almost a dual biography on Jimbo and Sabin, but Jimbo has rendered himself irrelevant. <laughs> so the, these two uh, co-authors, they had to come up with something real quick to shift the focus. Otherwise they would have lost their book deal before you know they even started doing their interviews because suddenly uh texas a&m and alabama doesn't have that intriguing subplot that it did you know when the two were just calling each other out all the time um and uh, i know jimbo has a good relationship with uh ross bjork the uh athletic director at a&m and uh I, i like ross very very much um but uh yeah, we'll uh, we'll see how it goes with Jimbo. Something tells me if, if things go sideways this year, maybe maybe they do look for a way to get out of that huge contract that they what gave him. it? Forty
1: nine million dollars. Yeah, something like that. That's yeah. a big buyout. Okay, doesn't take a financial genius to figure that one out. All right, it's Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter. Justin Jones is with us as well. You're listening to Big Noon Sports.
3: Tide
0: 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A good supply of sunshine this afternoon. The high in the low 90s, around 92. Mostly fair tonight, the low 68. The weather stays hot and dry tomorrow and Wednesday. Partly to mostly sunny both days. Highs between 94 and 97. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 88 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
4: From T-Town to the Plains. This is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports.
1: I'm throwing you a big deuce here, twelve to six curveball. Okay, at least I'm giving you about ten seconds notice. Mm, Have you read the story about uh, (laughs) (laughs) the deuce, the curveball? Yeah, I know. Uh, You know what it is. Uh, Have you read the story about uh, Florida A and M, the Rattlers? Their coach saw a video that they posted online with a rapper wearing Florida A and M gear, and he didn't just suspend players; he suspended all football operations all football operations and to spin the players, they're worried about copyright infringement, they're worried about what the certainly the nature of the rap song, which uh, I haven't read the lyrics, but apparently it's very vile and this is a it's a big story because don't they start practicing like in a week or so? Is he just making a statement leading up to practice or is this guy seriously thinking about not practicing for the fall?
2: Uh, this is an interesting story. Yeah. Um, and I gave you a lot of prep time too. Yeah. So. <laughs> I, I really was not <laughs> aware of it, but, um, yeah, suspending all, um, should, football, football activities, uh, yeah, after a uh, rap video filmed in the locker room without authorization, um, from the head coach and i i don't know it seems like an overreaction on the head coach's part but i would it does have on to the surface. yeah i i would have to uh really dig into this deeper and um yeah, I I am sorry, Matt. <laughs> I just I don't have no, a lot to say you know, on this subject. No, and Andrew
1: exactly what we're supposed <laughs> to never do to each other. I I I
2: money was thinking more of a, a little bit of a lighter story that uh Go for it. Guess who uh guess who it appears that Tom Brady is no longer a free agent. He is signed. I don't know if it's a long term contract or just like maybe a five month deal but uh it it appears that he is now going out with a new supermodel Irina Shayak uh they are now dating according to TMZ and apparently Giselle is not happy about it uh because the news came out just a few days after Giselle's birthday so there you have it the latest on well, Tom Brady's how can love she be life upset? i know uh I believe that she has gone on some dates herself uh yeah. so um, yeah i, I I, I have, I have my own theory on what happened to their marriage, uh, but it's just a theory, so I'll just keep it to myself. Wow. But, uh, I did, just I did, that I did, there. I did, uh, I, you know, I spent, I spent a good, I spent a good bit of time with Tom and talked with him and people in his, uh, in his circle for, uh, my book, A Season in the Sun. And, um, you know, uh, Let's just say that there was problems in their marriage. There um problems. there's problems in all marriages. Yeah you, you and I or me especially, I'm I'm living proof of that. <laughs> uh but uh yes. This
1: girl's so not that, nearly as uh attractive in my opinion as Giselle. Yeah, well, I mean, she's thirty-seven. It's like you pick one, I'll take the other. It doesn't really matter, and yeah. I yeah, like anybody because I'm very happily
2: married. I love my Karen. I mean, um, uh, but- see, Tom. The thing about Tom is like he has so many people trying to set him up with other with with females, right? Like, and uh, and we're talking high rolling kind of people, and so he really has like pick of the litter. <laughs> of, of who he chooses to go out with and who he chooses not to go out with and uh i think i think he actually might like her uh and she's she, tom's 45 she's 37 been divorced nine months i don't know would this be considered a rebound perhaps
1: uh nine I mean, months is a
2: pretty adequate amount of time to yeah i i, I think
1: so get on the dating scene
2: yeah, it, it was surprising how it. quickly and how quietly they kept their divorce, uh, uh, how quickly it happened and how quiet they kept it. And that leads you to believe that uh, there was something that they w- didn't want to get out. I'll put it that way.
1: Well, it um, seemed to me like they just go, OK, she takes hers and he takes his and he'll get a little less because then she earned that value worth. Were- she's worth more than Brady.
2: Oh yeah, she has a greater net worth than than Tom. Um yeah. So anyway, that's that, that's the latest. The, the Goat is no longer a free agent. Wow. Well, he's 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 signed up. If you were Tom Brady, would you just would you play the field or would you want to settle down?
1: Uh I don't know after that lengthy uh, amount of time being married you know it's got a lot of pressure with supermodel and super quarterback and football games and model shoots there's got to be a lot of pressure on it i might just want to get away for a while but you know the right person strolls along goodness knows i'm I'm proof of that um it'll it can change your entire mind It'll, it'll change your life it did in my case anyway but uh I don't know. We're going to have to find a, t- a topic that doesn't belong on the front page of the National Enquirer. And uh, I think both of these did. So um, let's go to the top of the hour. Steve Irvine will j- join us at uh, one fifteen as we continue to talk to you on a Monday afternoon. This is Big Den Sports presented by Haley Sansing Union Home Mortgage.
2: Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker Haley Sansing, based right here in Tuscaloosa. Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205 792 1813. That's 205 792
3: 1813. Let Haley help you. MLMS number 230376. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of RR Cigars, the Cigar mansion in downtown tuscaloosa located at 27036 street across from the home two suites come down to rnr and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience with over 165 bourbons and five private barrels our selection of bourbon is unmatched we have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary our lounge and service are world-class come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination <laughs> WTUG HD2 Northport and WTSX5
6: CJ Tuckaloosa. A Townsquare Media Station. What may to beat you could forget about it. Touchdown
0: Alabama. Tied 100.9 and screaming on the Tied 100.9 app. More
4: Big Noon Sports coming up.
1: Matt Culper, along with Lars Anderson. Justin Jones, our producer. Appreciate uh, you folks dialing us in. If you want to dial us up, it's 205-342-9904. 342-9904. That, of course, Tuscaloosa Prefix. You can dial our flagship station there, Tide 100.9. Coming up in just a few minutes, one of our favorite guests. and It's fun, fun day, Monday favorites as we had on Jeff Spiegel from thirty three forty, the first hour, and Steve Irvine
2: will join us here in just a little bit. Um, you know, Matt, I was going to. I mentioned this at the top of the show. I, I wanted to get into it a little bit. Um, the Detroit Lions, uh, which is a team that we don't talk about very much, but uh, they finished last year on a high note. Um, Jared Goff started playing really well, the offensive line, um, and, uh, in the, the, the weapons that he has at his disposal on the outside. And a lot of people believe that this could be the year with, with Dan Campbell coaching this team. This could be the year that the Lions actually, uh, win their division and uh and and make the playoffs for the first time seem seemingly uh, since forever and so today was day two of their training camp and the the biggest sort of free agent that they signed in the off season was a, a safety named cj C. gardner johnson and uh, last year with the Eagles, uh, Gardner Johnson finished tied for the lead uh, in the NFL in interceptions with six. And he did that despite missing five games with a lacerated kidney. And um, he became the only Eagles player since 1970 to have interceptions in five straight games. And he was brought in uh, on a one year, uh, about $8 million deal to really be the the leader of the back of that defense. Well, here we are. It's day 2 of training camp and uh and and Gardner Johnson had to be carted off the field. Um <clears throat> and it it would it happened in light contact and it by by all accounts it it, it doesn't look good. Uh he went down after the play and he was emotional. He uh, was holding his his upper leg, his, his knee, uh, just while you know uh, thrashing around and in, in pain, and uh, it, it it looks like a torn ACL. I mean, I'll just say that I, there's no, I don't have any confirmation of that, but it just it, by by what everybody is saying and what his teammates are saying that it, it looks like. Uh, he's, he's, he, it looks like he could be done for the season. Uh, and this is day two of training camp. And again, it was a light drill, just very little contact. Um, he said that somebody stepped on his foot or stepped on his knee. Um, but it didn't, it, it just, you know, it, it happened so quick, nobody really knew what had happened. But Matt, I guess this isn't really a, a question, but, Can you do anything to prevent this in day two? I mean, it's interesting. In preseason now, we're seeing less and less of uh, the starters play in games. Uh, I know, like, you know, my my Cincinnati Bengals, they didn't play any of their starters in any of the three preseason games last year. And they're probably going to do that again, even though last year they got off to an 0 and 2 start before winning 10 in a row. But what it just, you know, your, your, your thoughts on something like this happen, happening. I mean, this is again, this is a franchise that has so much good positive momentum. And then on day two, you suffer, you, one of your key players suffers what looks to be like a very serious injury to his right leg. And, uh, it's just, uh, you, you, you feel for, uh, for everyone there, but especially CJ Gardner Johnson, who was just, he was, he was, he's one year away, right? He signed a one year, eight million dollar deal. If he would have had a good season this year, he absolutely would have cashed in. It would have been one of the highest-paid safeties in the NFL. And now it, 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 it appears—again, I'm going to emphasize—appears that he could be done for the season. Matt,
1: there's a, there's a small update here. I don't know if you've seen this or not. That it says an MRI has been run, and it showed no structural damage. And he is now considered day to day. Okay.
0: Well, just forget the last five
1: minutes of no, what no, no, I no, said. No, 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 no. i I think it's important to bring up the topic, and actually, yeah. I think it was. It was. I didn't see because, that uh, well, it was just released like a few minutes ago. It's not <laughs> like I called Detroit and got it myself. Okay. Um, it was an ESPN writer, Eric uh, Woodyard, who I would imagine probably is a local guy there in Detroit. He knows his stuff. However, it brings to mind the topic. Who do you play? How do you play them? I mean, and does it even go down to the collegiate level? Um, do you do you risk injury to a guy like Dallas Turner? Um, do you risk? I mean, you, you got to play the quarterbacks, but at the NFL level, uh, I think the proof is in what you just said about the Bengals. They didn't play their starters in preseason, so <laughs> I think they're all headed in that direction, and I think it will filter down. Um, Let's, let me see if I can come up with a good example. Um, are you going to give Jaden Daniels all the reps you would a first teamer, or are you going to, uh, try and get some reps for the other guys in the room and kind of hold him? Uh,
2: in, in practice? Yeah. Or in practice, I, I would try to give him as many reps as possible. Um, but certainly you can't touch him. Um, I know, uh, Matt Rule at Nebraska, they, they did full tackling of, of the quarterback and everybody in the spring game. Um, just because he felt that the tackling wasn't good enough last year. Um, you know, every coach has their different philosophy on this. Um, I think, yeah, I, I would, I, I would give Jaden Daniels as many reps as possible. Um, but it's, it's these non contact injuries that happen. I'm, I'm really surprised by that report, by the way, because again, everything that I have, everything I'd seen, uh, leading up to uh, getting that MRI, then that's great news. Again, because this was, this is CJ Gardner Johnson's, like, he, this is his chance to, to really cash in on and make a big payday next year because he's on a, a one year kind of prove it deal. Uh, with the, the Lions. And, um, so that's, that's really good news. But, um, in terms of, uh, protecting other players, I mean, Alabama, uh, in their two scrimmages, uh, I believe they do, it's, it's thudding and some tackling. I'm not 100%. If I remember correctly, it's, it's, it's tackling. Um, because you just, you gotta get your players, you know, some practice and bring in bringing a, a runner down to the ground, don't you? I mean, how would you handle it?
1: Oh, gee, this day and age where you can get injured, you know, in non contact drills. In the NFL, I think I would play it a lot closer to the vest. Uh, not that I'm freewheeling with uh, college athletes. But, I mean, you're dealing with tens of millions of dollars in investment. And I think the decisions at that level are a lot different than you would make on the college level. Um, plus, in the NFL, you've got, what, half the depth, half, half the amount of players that you would have on a full roster for a college team? Uh, a little less than that. But, uh I, I do think, and I'll toss the question back in your direction, Lars, I do think there is a vast difference between what you would do at the NFL level and the, and the college football level, even though a lot of these guys are playing. To Last year, do you think uh, Will and Bryce were getting a lot of reps, or do you think uh, Nick may held them out a little bit?
2: I think they were getting as many reps as Coach Saban thought they needed to get (laughs) great answer (laughs) whatever Saban decides okay good next question but do you think and this is a perennial debate do you think the NFL should even have preseason like I'm glad that it went from uh, they trimmed it from four games to three I think it even used to be six if I'm not mistaken but, right. um, the, 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 just the, the, the prospect of injury is so great that coaches just don't want to, um, they just don't, they don't want to risk their players out on the field. And, uh, and so, I don't know. The NFL, is, so yeah, the NFL again is, was founded in 1920 and they've had, Exhibition games ever since 1920. And, you know, there are a couple truths here that the games are meaningless. The play is usually bad. Um, research has shown us that preseason performance is absolutely no indicator of whether a team is going to have success that year. And, and a lot of that is because starters are, um, uh, you know, they're, they're, they don't play very much. And, uh, I don't think the players like it. Um, and you remember, gosh, uh, it was, uh, who was it? it? was Clinton Portis. The, it was a playing for the Redskins and he dislocated his shoulder during a preseason game. Like he just took like two carries, right? And he dislocates his shoulder or the, my cursed Cincinnati Bengals. They trade up and they pick Kajana Carter. I think this was back in 19. Ninety-four, and they pick Kajana Carter number one overall. His very first carry against the Detroit Lions gets the ball. Uh, it's just a simple like run up the middle, and a, a defensive lineman sort of cut inside an offensive lineman. And then that forced Kajana Carter to sort of uh, jump on both of his legs and then try to twist out of the the tackle in the backfield. And boom, he tears his ACL. He misses the entire season. And frankly, he was never the player that he was in college. I mean, his career was ruined on the very first play, first snap of his rookie season in a preseason game. And yes, they did used to play six preseason games. Um, and, uh, I, I think, I mean, even Roger Goodell has said, uh, and this was just like, I think last year, he said that, um, quote, I feel what we should be doing is always to the highest quality. And I'm not sure preseason games meet that level right now. So two, I, I two would projects. not be surprised. I would not be surprised if. In the next few years or when the next uh, collective bargaining agreement is uh, negotiated, that we go down to two preseason games and maybe even one and uh, and then. Gosh, would they add another regular season games? Uh, oh, yeah, if
1: they want money, they, yeah, and that I, may be the preseason answer. If they, if these things are making the league money, then they're probably going to keep them hanging around. And how much does the coaching staff need to observe? The well, uh, you know like the 22 through 50 yeah league. you do yeah that's how so you you got to evaluate that, that, them
2: yeah that's how you fill in the back end of your roster is you let and 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 oftentimes these guys end up becoming incredibly important <laughs> right at the end of the year and you're trying to figure out who's going to be you know your 35th man through your 45th on your active right. game day so i there's yeah there This is something we'll have plenty of time to discuss, is uh, the value of NFL preseason.
1: We'll discuss it further with Steve Irvine, who'll join us on the other side of this break as you listen to Big Noon Sports, presented by Haley Sansing, Union
2: Home Mortgage. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing, based right here in Tuscaloosa. Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal. Holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing. You. Call Haley on her cell. Yes, her cell. 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you.
3: NLMS number 230376. Hey, this is Reagan. Owner of RR Cigars, the Cigar
0: tide 100.9 Tuscaloosa weather. A good supply of sunshine this afternoon. The high in the low 90s around 92. Mostly fair tonight. The low 68. The weather stays hot and dry tomorrow and Wednesday. Partly to mostly sunny both days. Highs between 94 and 97. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 89 degrees in Tuscaloosa. From T-Town
4: to the Plains. This is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports.
1: Back on Big Noon Sports, Matt Lars, Justin, and our guest, Steve Irvine. These related interviews concerning Alabama football and all are now being brought to you by lauralee thompson the bama broker with advantage realty group steve are you on vacation are we interrupting you for your family
6: time (laughs) well it's not really i wouldn't call it vacation my i I had to drive my uh came home for the beach uh washed our clothes and uh headed to chicago my wife i mean my daughter's going to uh a ballet school a joffrey ballet there she's uh summer intensive and so uh uh, we're now, my son and I are on our way home from that. So it's, I guess it's a vacation. We had a good time in Chicago, but it's, uh, it's been a whirlwind, man. I'm tired. I'm, I'm too old to do this kind of stuff. Did
1: you get some Chicago style pizza while you were there?
6: We did, we did. And it was, uh, it was good stuff. We, you know, it was weird that we got a, we got a slice right outside Wrigley. We, we didn't go to the Cubs game, but we went to Wrigley and just hung out, uh, before the game. They played the Cardinals and, got a slice and it was it was tremendous and and um so we had to have a, a you know some more that night too so uh mm-hmm. yeah yeah we, we we ate well we did
2: you know steve i i'm just like you i love to go to sporting venues and just feel the, the game day atmosphere, and not necessarily go in because I mean, you and I and Matt have we've we've covered enough uh, you know we've 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 been in, in, in enough uh, stadiums throughout our lives, but I still love yeah. doing that and, and sampling the the local cuisine and um and plus if they're playing the Cardinals, I imagine that would have been a tough ticket to get.
6: Yeah, well, you know, I was, I, when we went down there, we, you know, we went with the idea we weren't going to go into the game. And, and, uh, so that was, you know, we didn't really expect it. But I still was kind of looking to see, trying to find a scalper to see if I can find some, uh, you know, some tickets. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't anywhere near my, my, my ballpark or what I wanted to pay. But just that atmosphere, I you know, I've been to, you know, a lot of, I don't, know, I don't know a lot I've been to you know quite a few of the uh, major league baseball stadiums and there's just to me nothing like you know being outside Wrigley Field you know on game day it's just there's just that feel now I was a lot more sober this time than when I went my younger times when I'd go with my buddies you know and go into Murphy's Tavern and, and you know and, and different places there and sluggers and you know, so uh, I didn't have any – I didn't partake in any of that because I had my, my kids with me. But uh, but just the atmosphere was, was just – it's just tremendous. It really is. Steve,
1: yes, we were sir. talking about injuries just a little while ago, and, and particularly with the NFL. Uh, as um, Lars uh, refreshes on the story with the – the defensive back that we he may be okay now but it looked like he had a season injury engine ending injury wow that's that's tough to say
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah a, a, a safety for the the lions uh cj gardner uh went went down and uh it looked really bad but uh now it, it looks now it appears that he's going to be okay and this sort of just led to the topic of should the nfl keep playing preseason games and i know in in what happened here in this instance but it was a non-contact injury and for for whatever reason i swear it seems like we're seeing more non-contact knee injuries than ever before and i have no idea why but right. um but number one i i think i think every team should go to grass uh, because studies have shown that there are fewer injuries on grass than there is on, uh, you know, this new, uh, field turf, or not, I say new, it's, we've been using it now for 20 years, but, uh, field turf. But do you, do you think preseason, NFL preseason games are uh, uh, sort of antiquated and just need to go away because now you have so many teams that absolutely will not play their starters at all in the preseason
6: yeah i i yeah i know and it's, it's changed over the years i i do think that that there is a need for some preseason games i, I really do i think that because i think it conditions guys to to play games you know and and even even veterans i mean i it, you know a game is so different than a practice and you can't simulate that and so I think I like the idea that there are preseason games. I don't know that there needs to be more than two or three at the most. I mean, and, and, and yes, you know, you're not going to get the regulars in there a lot, but you know, they'll play a quarter, you know, a lot of them and most of them, you know, some of them don't, but, but I, I, I think we still need it. I really, I really do. I mean, I, I think we need it for a lot of reasons. Uh, because again, I, to, to me, you need to simulate the game situations before you get in the game. And I, cause, uh, because honestly you learn how to keep yourself healthy you know, you know while playing a game i mean i think so i think you do i mean you learn you know you you that because it's, it's different and and so if you just kind of throw you in there for the first game i think there's going to be some injuries in that's in that sense so i think personally i'd like to keep them i just don't think they need to be you know they certainly don't need five or whatever i don't even know what they play these days but certainly don't need that because that becomes just a kind of a waste of time and and, but but I do think there needs
1: to be a couple or three at least. Hey, let's talk about the Stallions for a minute. Um, got some players I want to ask you about. I was really pleased to see Alex McGoo sign with the Packers because I love the Packers and I really liked watching him play. But I want to ask you about the head coach. Skip Holtz has been mentioned as a, a temporary kind of a let's get from point A to point B uh, football coach, not head coach, at Northwestern. Uh you've been around him a lot more than we have. Uh mm-hmm. does that sound like something he'd be interested in or could he even entertain the idea of just for one year doing both?
6: Well yeah you know, I don't know that you could do both. Uh but but I, I do think that um I just by kind of reading through some things he said, I know he enjoys being where he's at, but I think he's, you know, he grew up in the, in, and his, his whole career has been in the college game. So I think he would fit well in, in that situation. I think he would, he has the right temperament, too, to, to, to go into a, uh, you know, that's going to be a tough situation no matter who takes over there with all the, you know, everything that's gone on there. And so I, I think he would do well there. I really do. And, and I, again, I don't know that you could do both, but, you know, you could do that for a year and then, and then maybe miss, you know, miss next year of the USFL and, and, and come in the year after that. Cause I think, I mean, I think the USFL is here to stay for a little while. I mean, I, I think there's, you know, there's going to be. I think it has a future. At least the way it's handled right now. Now, who knows what's going to happen down the road? So, I can see him doing that that for you know a year. And and uh, and if it, if it, if it's only a year, then maybe taking off and coming back to USFL at one point. But uh, I mean, again, I think he'd fit well there.
2: Um, Another uh, player that we are particularly interested in from the Birmingham Stallions is tight end Chase Sternberger, who joined us each week. And uh, according to multiple reports, he is in Buffalo today as we speak, uh, uh, working out for the Bills and, um, I, I'm a little surprised by this because the Bills used their first round draft pick on a tight end, Dalton Kincaid. And, uh, it looks like Sternberger would probably be playing or, and they also, uh, uh they have Dawson Knox, uh, who is a third round selection. And it looks like Sternberger, if he went to Buffalo, would be competing for the third number three tight end position. Uh, with Quentin Morris and um, the thing is uh, Sternberger he's got experience on special teams right he played a lot of special teams with uh, Green Bay in his first two seasons and um, and he did that the Bills did show interest in him prior to the 2019 NFL draft when Chase ended up being selected in the uh, third round by the Green Bay Packers, uh, at number 75 overall. Um, so th- th- the question is do you, do you think Buffalo is a legit, uh, landing spot for Chase? Or do you think if you were, there's a reason he's there, obviously. Uh, they must right, have said, right. they must have told him something. Uh, but it, right. it, it, it seems a little odd in the first, it seems a little odd to me that this would be where he would go.
6: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I totally, you know, when you're that crowded position like that, and with, with what they have, and with what they have money into, you know, that that's the thing. What 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 worries me in that situation for Jay Sternberger is, does he really get an opportunity? You know, even even you go in there and you 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 play well, because I'm telling you what, if you if if you give Jay Sternberger an opportunity as an NFL uh, franchise right now, he's going to make that roster. Because we all saw what what he's capable of doing, and. And he, he can, he, he's going to make a roster if he gets a chance. What I worry about when in situations like that, again, is you know, you know, Lars really a lot better than I do probably is, 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 it's such a business in the NFL that, that you can outplay people. But if it's, if you're not in the right roster, you know, you're not, if you weren't drafted in a certain spot and somebody else was, you know, they, 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 it's hard for them to admit they made mistakes, you know, a lot of times. And so that's what I worry about a little bit. And, and you know, and the other thing, uh, you know, when he left the NFL, he had some problems. I mean, there was you know he didn't he didn't leave necessarily because for ability. You know, he had he had a couple issues that happened when he was in the NFL, and you know they have a long memory of that stuff too. So I think, but again, I go back to if you give Jay Sternberger a true opportunity, he's going to make a roster because he he can help you. He can fight out because he's unique. I think he's unique, uh, has a unique type of talent. So we'll see. I, I don't like that situation for him, but but hey. You know he's a smart guy. He saw it, and maybe he thinks that uh, it's the situation that's best for him. And if if he goes there, I, you know I, I wish him well.
1: Lars wants him with the Bengals. I want him to go back with the Packers with Magoo. Um, <laughs> yeah, he see, was ready with great with the Packers. In Magoo, a great fit for that quarterback room.
6: Oh, absolutely. You know what's funny? When, as soon as I saw there was going to be the Packers, I remember talking to Jace. Or, you know during the season and. and And I asked him, you know, if he'd ever played with a quarterback that was similar, you know, uh, as a receiver, kind of adapting to a quarterback that scrambles like that and the way he moves. And he he said, he said, hey, he said, as a quarterback or uh, the way he moves, he said, he's Aaron Rodgers. He said, it's the same thing. Now, he goes, obviously, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. But he said, just, you know, it's a real similar playing with with, with him as it was to, you know, with with, uh, Aaron Rodgers And so, so when as soon as I saw he went there, that's first my first thought was, man, I remember, you know, Jay's talking about that. So yeah, that's a great fit.
2: Uh, Did you get a chance at all to see the uh, British Open? Did you get up at you know three thirty in the morning on your vacation uh, to (laughs) to check out what was going on on the other side of the pond?
6: No, and I hate to say because I do enjoy watching, but I don't even know who won. To be honest with you, I've just been such a whirlwind lately. I I, I just I don't even know who won, so I didn't get. And I usually do. I usually get up and watch it, but I didn't this time. Uh,
2: Of course, it was a Georgia graduate because Georgia wins everything right now. Uh, (laughs) Brian Brian Harmon. Uh <laughs> yeah. Um so I don't know if again you've been on vacation so uh this may not be a fair question but have you just had a chance to kind of reflect on SEC Media Days and is there one storyline or two that really intrigued you that you weren't expecting uh you, you know you were you were a little surprised about uh that it emerged out of, out of Nashville
6: uh, yeah, I mean, there's so much, but I, I tell you what, one thing that, that that jumped out to me, and 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 this is kind of crazy, maybe, but you know, to have five? I think it was five media members vote Vanderbilt as as the uh, as the SEC East champion. I think it was five, three or five, whatever. Even if it was one. That's a, you know, but have people actually vote them to to win the East? I mean, wh- what am I missing? Uh, right. And again, I think a lot of times those votes, and I did, you know, I mean, I, I, I've i done this a long time. And I know that sometimes you'll vote just to try to get attention. And then you know what? If Vanderbilt wins up winning the East and you're one of those five guys, you, you're going to write a column and you're going to get on your show, whatever, whoever it was. And
5: say, oh, see,
6: I told you, I knew it all
2: along. We well, didn't know it all along. You just, you, yeah, you know, to me, this reeks of just three or, or five very young reporters just, right. uh, just messing around with the SEC, and now they're probably praying that the SEC doesn't figure out who it was because they will have their credential revoked because it's just, it's irresponsible in, in my in my right. view, and you're yeah. just you're making a mockery of the entire thing.
6: Yeah, and 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 if you don't, if you want to do that, just don't vote. I mean, if you if, if you don't feel exactly. like you want to do, you know, I mean, just don't vote. I cares if you don't vote, but that just skews it, and, and it, it does. It makes people go, "What what are you doing?" But I tell you, the other thing that jumped out was just the the confidence uh, that came out of Alabama, and and not that I'm surprised by that because you know we shouldn't be. But there's so much talk out out there about, oh, you know, it's just Georgia's show now and, you know, it, it, it turning the page. And, I, you know, I hear some people talking trash at Tennessee that Tennessee's going to start a streak now. But there was just, I don't know, there was just a, a confidence and a a resolve uh, uh, among the, the, among their, their you know, saving and, and the players that, that made me think, oh, boy, <laughs> oh, boy. This is uh, this is going to be a focused football team. Now that doesn't mean that you know. Hey, there's still a couple issues. You know, quarterback obviously, and a couple things you need to figure out. But I I liked I liked their I liked the way they carried themselves in in, in this in, in this SEC media days. And I and I don't know you know I don't know why that jumped out to me, but but it really did.
1: Particularly with J.C. Latham. Um yeah. they were all. But me he just he kinda laid it down there and said, we're coming yeah. after you. Um, yeah, and, and I like they're that. talking I mean, about they're... that talking about that offensive line being something special, maybe akin to what they were running when they were running the football a lot more eight, nine years ago.
6: Right. And I think I mean we've talked on on here before, I I think they are gonna run the football a lot this year, you know, a lot more a little more this year or a lot more this year. So I don't know. I, I I, I like where they're at right now, and 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 the, you know the other thing that, that that always kind of struck me when when people are, you know, and I know it's, it's also trying to get attention. And you're talking about, you know, is a dynasty over? It's Georgia's, you know, Georgia now and all that kind of stuff. There's still a lot of talent on that Alabama roster now, and and a lot of great, re, you know, recruiting classes. And uh, I just I, I I like I like where they're at. I mean, I I, I do. I think they're um, I think it's going to be a. You know, one of those
2: years for him matt and i were talking earlier with uh, abc's jeff spiegel and his sort of most surprising storyline to come out of the sec media days was just jimbo fisher and his relationship with bobby petrino who's going to be calling the plays or so we think and just how you know jimbo it's like he, he showed up he was almost frustrated angry and it's like nobody knew why like what's going on with this guy and i and and and, you know and matt and i were of course this is just all speculation but do do you think that he he feels that this is a a really important year for him because he has not lived up to the expectations of that 10 year 75 million dollar contract
6: Well, he'd be crazy if he doesn't feel that. I mean, he really, he really would. He 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 hasn't performed to to that contract, and he'd be crazy if he wouldn't if he didn't feel that. And I do think hiring Bobby Bobby Trino, uh, Bob Patrino, shows that shows that he's like, oh, I got you know, I got to do because that's that's kind of a a little out of the box kind of little 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 crazy you know if you on paper if you look at it you know with 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 him being an offensive guy and bringing in a you know offensive guy that's strong-willed like petrino that's that's i'm not saying it's a panic move but it's a move that like hey i gotta do something and and it, you know maybe it'll work out for him but no i mean he absolutely he should feel that way i mean and, and i think he does and and um you know, we'll we'll see if that pays off, but because they have talent too, that's the thing. They you know they have some pieces there. They just kind to they got to have to figure out you know how to how to work together. That's what I, I I'm I'm really intrigued by seeing how that works uh, over a whole year. You know, it's easy to sit here and say you know now or, or even if you win two or three games in a row and oh this is going great. But what if something bad happens? You know, what if, what if you have a couple bad games and, you know, then the whole dynamic of it, how does that change? I mean, I think that's going to be a really intriguing story to watch all, you know, all season long. All right. Um, where are you? You on 65? What, what? Well, I'm on 65. What city? Well, actually we just stopped, uh, we, we got out of there and we stopped at some, uh, outlet mall and I think Edinburgh, Indiana, I believe my, and my son's. Roman loose in there, guys. Uh, he's got his own credit card, so Lord knows what he what I'm gonna find when I get in there. But at least Jeez. my daughter's not in there. She's the big shopper, so yeah. <laughs> but but we'll we'll see. So we're in uh, like Edinburgh, Indiana. All right.
1: Well, uh, safe travels to you, and thank you once again.
6: I right, appreciate you guys.
2: Yeah. Thanks, right. Steve. Thank you. Right.
6: Hey. Yeah. um.
1: Interviews like Steve Irvine where we're talking Alabama talking other football items and sports as well are being sponsored by Laura Lee Thompson, the Bama Advantage broker, the Bama broker at Advantage Realty Group. We'll take a break, come back and continue to kind of put a wrap on this edition of Big Noon Sports.
2: Call Haley on her cell. Yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376.
3: Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at twenty seven zero three six Street, across from the home two suites. Come down to r and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around, and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world-class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. The
4: Big Noon Sports Network.
1: Back on Big Noon Sports. Matt, Lars, Justin... So, did uh, Lars? How did you enjoy? Did you enjoy
2: Barbie? <laughs> I did not make it to Barbie. Uh, didn't make it to Oppenheimer. Um, uh, one of our mutual friends went to Barbie, and he said it was fabulous. So, uh, did he let's... use it that way? Did
3: he say fabulous? <laughs> Barbie no. fabulous? He
2: actually said it. He said it was pretty good. Uh, he said it was not appropriate for my, uh, six-year-old twin girls to go to, so I will not be taking them, uh, really? to, to that, yeah. Um, there's certain things so in they, there apparently that push a little on the, on the Barbie in the mature side, I guess, huh? Uh, yeah. Um, I've, so, I've, yeah, no, I, I do want to see Oppenheimer. Very curious. I do want to see Oppenheimer, and it, it, it it is interesting just to take a step back and, and see how, uh, I mean, movie theaters all across the country are praying that this weekend, these two summer blockbusters are, would finally get people to come back to the movie theaters post pandemic. And, uh, I admit I, I have not been. Uh, but, uh, it's, it's a completely different experience now, uh, apparently with, uh, you know, able to order cocktails and, and, uh, and, and other things at at movie theaters that you and I would never, uh, would never have experienced, uh, years and years ago. But, um, I do have a baseball question for you and that is the, uh, O- Oatani, uh trade trade saga uh, it, it is is Shaheen Owatani, who I think is the best player in baseball. Uh, you, would, you wouldn't find a lot of argument. Yeah, so he, it doesn't look like the Angels are going to make the playoffs unless they're they're embarking on a road trip, and the trade deadline is uh, 6 p.m. Eastern on August one. So what do you think? Do you think the angels are, are going to trade him to a contender to get, you know, get something back in return? And, uh, because again, he's a free agent at the end of the season. And man, it is going to take a lot of money, a lot of money to, uh, to sign this guy. Um, do you think the angels, will end up trading him and if so who do you think would be the main contenders
1: uh i think the dodgers would be and keep him on the west coast which i think he obviously enjoys but he's going to enjoy any place with the kind of money he's going to command um if they do in fact trade him which i think they'll do um the angels would be very they'll If they're not very rich with some uh, future superstars that they're going to get from the other team's uh, farm system, um, then they're crazy. Because, I mean, he he has that value before the trade deadline. Then it gets a little bit more complicated. But when you consider the fact that he plays the position of two different, I mean, two different. I mean, he's a great hitter. He's a great pitcher. So, I mean, he takes up two slots out of your roster and puts it into one. Um, if the Angels do trade him, that will also, though, show that they've given up. I mean, Trout's not in the lineup. Now you're going to trade your other superstar. Um, what do you do from there? Well, you, you better trade for enough value to get yourself in playoff contention real soon or your fan base is just going to go na-na-na-na-na, nana, we are out of here. But uh, other teams that might get him, I think any time you talk about a situation like this, uh, especially since they're not playing very well, could you see him in pinstripes? Could he end up with the Yankees? It's going to have to be a team with a whole lot of money, Lars. I don't think there's any question about that.
2: Yeah, and it, it was interesting that, uh, the contingent of Japanese speaking media members who cover the Angels on, on Sunday, they all got together and posed for a photo. Uh, and it, it felt like, this photo marks the end of something here and it was the team's uh, last home game before what they're on now they're on a 10-day road trip that's going to spill past the trade deadline and so it was potentially the last time the group right uh, of of Japanese reporters or Japanese speaking reporters uh could have could be together in uh could be together covering the Angels and I just wonder, like, if they, if they know something that we don't.
0: <laughs>
2: uh, Sounds like it, it doesn't it? It, it? it certainly does. It certainly does. And, uh, it, it, and the thing is, is that the angels haven't said, Hey, we're keeping this guy. So just everybody back off. I mean, you know, they, they just, they haven't come out and, and, and made a commitment. At least publicly, to him for the long term, which I I find just—I find it unbelievable. I mean, and again, I'm not a baseball person, but why wouldn't you sign this transformative two-way star? Who, I mean, we had Wade Boggs on the show the other day, and we asked him, "Who would you co? Who do you want to see?" And he went on for five minutes talking about Otani. Otani, yeah. Otani. It's like, am I missing something? Like, why would the Angels let this guy go? I think,
1: well, I, we don't know that they are. It certainly looks like it's leaning in that direction. But right now, if I'm the Angels, I leave it exactly the way it is. And I field as many offers. You want to bring it to me on the table? And the last minute, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Um I, I think they're playing their hand pretty close to the vest. But when it's all said and done, uh, I hate to say this because they're in the National League. and They'll be facing the Braves. But I think he's going to end up with the Dodgers. Well, but the well, Dodgers you, have a pretty healthy lineup, too. They're to have to, you know, I guess you can find a place for him. But you
2: if you're to. playing this high-stakes game of chicken with your most valuable asset that arguably you've ever had in the history of your franchise how do you think that makes him feel and um, and, and would they would they could they be some back channel communication like hey yeah, this is well, we're all we're just be. posturing yeah. but if and the thing is like it i don't know i think it the, i don't know if the angels are handling this the right way I, I, i'll just put it that way
1: Well, uh, I think that uh, we have seen in the past, and not certainly indigenous to baseball only, but uh, sometimes, as long as they're paying them the big, big money, you know, these franchises are going on, you know, um, how do I put this bluntly? Uh, They're going to make that much money, they're not really going to care, you know? Yeah. certainly that's done in the NFL and it has been for years and i think that actually the franchises are pulling out of that now and it's uh, becoming a little bit more equitable. Uh equitable. All I right, wonder uh, i
2: wonder how close we are to a player be in uh, and a, 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 an American athlete playing in the United States to signing a billion dollar contract. Yeah, Mahomes is already over you know what 550 or something. Oh, wow. Uh Um, It's just a matter Uh, of time. It is. And I think the Saudis are
1: already doing it. Uh, But that's a story for a different show. We'll be back to wrap this one up. This is Big Noon Sports presented by Haley Sensing, Union Home Mortgage
2: Call Haley on her cell. Yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376.
3: Hey, this is Reagan, owner of RR Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 27036th Street, across from the home two suites. Come down to RR and see where we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world-class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination.
0: Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A good supply of sunshine this afternoon. The high in the low 90s around 92. Mostly fair tonight, the low 68. The weather stays hot and dry tomorrow and Wednesday. Partly to mostly sunny both days. Highs between 94 and 97. I'm James Spam of the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 89 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
4: Covering SEC sports like Kudzu on the roadside. This is Big Noon Sports.
1: Back on Big Noon Sports. Man, Lars and Justin. Hey, Justin, we haven't talked to you today. How are you, man?
7: You doing okay? Did you have a good
1: weekend? Uh, I catch you off a good guard?
7: Thanks for asking. I, I was at, down at Orange Beach, so I got some sun and... That's a, right. a some, some much-needed relaxation.
1: Did you go to Florida Floribama?
7: I did not. We did...
1: Oh, shame on
7: you. <laughs> we did just about everything else and went to, like, Tacky Jack. I got a bushwhackers, so just not at Floribama, okay?
2: Did um, you get sunburn?
7: I am very... Uh, as a golfer, I've, I've learned to set timers, so I reapplied quite often, and I don't Good. think I got sunburn at all, but...
2: Wait a minute. As a golfer, we need to get into this. Uh... How often do you play?
7: Uh, I try to play maybe once a week, probably every weekend. Definitely okay. need to, need to
2: All right, we we got to get the we got to swing the sticks together. That'll be fun yeah, for
7: sure. We can
2: do that. Um, Speaking
1: of golf and, yeah. and the British Open, uh, two things I want to bring up, and I'm going to make you both aware of this: that I, I really don't have great answers here. One is an observation: Have you ever seen or heard more hecklers? British fans are usually very respectful. But they were heckling the crap out of uh, poor Harmon. You know, you don't have the Stones. And the other thing is, is I swear, as I was watching on my couch. Which I love to do this on Sunday afternoons. Um, and even though it was a major, it was really early afternoon. So I, I would nap. You know, you take those little brief naps and you wake up and it's maybe a whole later. Did I not hear the announcers mention vestavia hills alabama in fact it seemed like i heard them mention vestavia hills and they mispronounced it the first time and then immediately corrected do either one of y'all well you were
2: at the beach but
1: lars do you remember hearing that
2: i i did and for the life it it, it caught my attention as well (laughs) and i have i didn't Uh, But you don't know who's in
1: reference to either. No, no. I can't. uh, So we both (laughs) took strikes on that one.
2: So somebody's
1: got to call us up and figure that out. (laughs) Just tell Justin or come on the air because if we both heard it, then I would think it did happen.
7: You know, I I think the funniest thing about the Brian Harmon interviews after he won is the European journalists were – seemingly shocked at riding a tractor and um bow hunting they they seem just culture shocked by the fact that that's what brian armor was going to do to celebrate (laughs) born in georgia uh
1: but the joker can go back to his cart horses (laughs) so yeah uh, i didn't notice that justin i guess i didn't hear that particular part of the interview but I mean the guy was born in Georgia. I mean he was
2: born on a tractor, so to speak. yeah, and I, I, I've you know, when I did that book on NFL Europe, I hung out with European media for uh, about four straight months. and they just have a different approach on everything on absolutely everything than we do in the United States. And uh, they'll ask uh, questions that we would uh, deem extremely inappropriate. And they'll ask those questions with, you know, not a second thought. And um, so, uh, but the golf media tends to be a little more... You know, reserved and, and, and yes, I was surprised by the amount of noise that the crowd was making, Matt. Uh, I mean, there was one time when Rory McElroy, he was just, he was trying so hard to make a charge on Sunday and, uh, at, at a critical juncture he uh he just totally mishit a, a putt and it was it was a long it was like maybe a 20 footer but he needed to drain it for a birdie a critical birdie and um i his reaction right away right after he hit the putt is he turned around and uh and just just stared daggers at a at a person in the crowd uh who clearly said something as Rory's backswing in, in his putt was, you know, about ready to come through. And, uh, I don't know. As a professional golfer, I guess you should be prepared for that. You know, on the, on the live tour, they have, uh, they, they're blasting music the whole time. And when I play golf, Justin, like I, I always listen to music. I always have music going, uh, when I'm playing golf. Do, do you listen to music when you play? Justin.
7: It, it, it's 50-50. Um, I usually play with my dad, so... It, well if we're it depends if we're playing serious like real competitive against each other dead silent no talking no nothing but then other times we'll have a you know we'll have a cigar play some country music driving on the golf cart but m- more often not
2: does your does your dad let you win or do you
7: beat him silly <laughs> <laughs> you question know, uh, you, you can <laughs> he might tell you something different um we're pretty equal right now I definitely hit it farther than him although don't ask him about it because he'll say he does um but it's pretty close right now. So <laughs>
2: Well it's fun because, you know, I as I've mentioned and you know this, Justin, like I've been playing a lot of golf with my eight year old son, Lincoln. And I can already tell like he's 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 improving so fast and uh, there will come a day when he surpasses his old man. But I am not going to just roll over like he is going to have to beat me. Same thing when it comes to playing hoops one on one. Like I am not going to let him uh just uh, try to or I'm not going to just give it to him. Put it that way. Like he's he's got to he's got to beat me. Oh,
7: definitely. Um, was yeah, definitely. your dad that way? Yeah, he he uh, he definitely made me earn it, and it just made it that much sweeter when you finally do beat him. Although I'll say playing basketball against him, I kind of got in trouble because I kind of hip checked him a little bit too much. And you know, <laughs> he's not that old, but he, he hit the ground pretty hard, and he said, "We're not doing this again." Well,
2: yeah, there, I, it, Matt, there is that moment, right, for all of us dads that, that oh. it's gonna it's gonna happen when I'll it's time you. when it's time not to play anymore with your uh, son. I,
1: we kept playing but uh we would shoot hoops uh, i wouldn't say every day but often okay and um you know i would i would win and we'd play a little one-on-one but uh one day i was just sitting there i was Ding him up a little bit and he put a cross over dribble right past me and spun around and laid it off the glass and i went you know what i said I just can't say it on radio and <laughs> you know, I said it very loud and because it's a, it's a distinct moment in your life as a parent. It really is, guys. You'll remember that for the rest of your life. And you know who else will remember it for the rest of their lives? Your son. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it will be brought up at any time it works to his advantage. So there you go. All right. Hey, what do you say we do this again in 22 hours? Let's do it. All right. Thanks, Justin. Have a great day.